Welcome to episode 80 of the Daniel Yours podcast with today's guest, Jeff Catapang. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined here today by Jeff Catapang. Jeff, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, man. It was, uh, it was a little bit of a tricky start. We got a fire dealing with, and, and it's actually kind of, Jeff had a fire in the building right before we started recording. <laughs> and it's actually ironic as like, I, you know, I met you at Othership with the, with the heat and the cold. So that's, that's uh, quite a, an analogy or quite, um, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm losing the word here, but it's a sign. It means something, I think. <laughs> we're, we're bringing the heat all the time. <laughs> we, we make <laughs> that's everything it. extreme. That's what we do. That's it. That's it. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do for, for people listening. Uh, yeah, my name is Jeff, Jeff Catapang. Um, you know me in the context of being a guide at Othership. Um, I teach two different classes there. I teach a down class, which is more of a guided meditation. Um, that class is called Untangled. And I also do an all around class, which I think is the one that you took called The Hero's Journey, yeah. which is a bit more of a sort of a, a ride. <laughs> um, outside of that, I work as an office manager. And previous to all of this, I was like a career journalist for a bunch of years. So uh, writing and editing is is my background. Quite quite the journey, not to make a pun, but quite the journey. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and just uh, for for anyone who's not familiar with it, if you're if you're new to listening to the podcast, I did do an episode a while back, something in the sixties. I don't remember the name, the the number off the top of my head, with Amanda and Harry of Othership. So if you're not familiar with Othership, you're not familiar with with it. If you're from Toronto, first of all, definitely go check it out. But but go back and listen to that one for the other ship stuff, and we'll, we'll we'll get into that as well. But but that's amazing, man. You you definitely do a lot of things and and wear a lot of hats. Was that always like your intention? Were you <laughs> did you always have lots of different interests, or were you were you did this just kind of happen? That's a great question. I mean, this is something I've kind of struggled with. Like I knew this about myself throughout my life, but I always sort of looked at it as a problem. You know, even even as a journalist, people are like, you need to find a focus. You need to find a beat, right? You have to have a specialty. But, you know, I, I was writing about hip hop for a bunch of years. Then I was trying to write about more harder news. And then I was just taking any assignment that came my way. Then I was writing for travel magazines. Like I just kept jumping around. And that's kind of how who I've always been. And uh, like one thing I didn't mention is I'm also a martial artist. And that was sort of my approach to martial arts for the longest year. Because I started with Jeet Kune Do, which was Bruce Lee's martial art. And Bruce Lee's whole approach was like, you pick and choose, you express yourself, you find what works for you and discard the rest. And I really took that to heart and not just within a martial arts context, but just within life. And um, so it's, it's been, again, a long journey to finally accepting that that's just who I am and that's what I do and kind of looking at it now as a strength, not so much a weakness. Um, but yeah, it, it makes for an interesting life. I've <laughs> done a lot of weird random things. Yeah. But but it's good. It's like that, you know, there seems to be this resurgence of the the Renaissance man or the Renaissance person where we have multiple different mm -hmm. interests and we're, you know, we're, we're good at many things and we have many different interests and we're allowed to explore those things. We don't have to be so singularly focused anymore. And I guess that's just, you know, the internet's probably has freed up that time or access to information or whatever it is, but, but I enjoy it as well. And I, I think the same with this podcast, like, yeah, like I like fitness and stuff, but it's not the only thing that I care about. Like I don't just go to sleep right. thinking about squats every single day. Like, <laughs> that's, that would be kind of weird, but I mean, you know, to each, to each their own, like do your thing. But it's like, yeah, we have tons of other interests and that Bruce Lee quote is perfect. That's certainly one that's come up on the podcast, like many, many times, yeah. about, you know, just the, taking in what's useful and discarding the rest because that's how we, that's what we're going to progress at, at everything. Right. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by specialists and I think the world needs them and, you know, they are special. Um, you know, they're the ones who push the limits and push the boundaries of whatever their specific discipline or interest is. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm learning that's not everyone and that doesn't need to be everyone for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was the, what was the first thing that you started with? Was it martial arts from, from a kid? Um, yeah. Yeah. I started martial arts when like I, I originally took like one of those community karate classes when I was really, really young. Um, but I started like my serious martial arts practice when I was 14, um, started doing Jeet Kune Do at that time and then just sort of touch and go here. And like there, there's big parts of my life where I wasn't doing martial arts as well. Just you get distracted by other things. But, you know, it was always a part of me. It's always something I've been thinking about. And yeah. Even, even when I wasn't training I, for, <laughs> for good or bad, I was still calling myself a martial artist. You know? yeah, of course. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a way of life. And that's cliche as that may or may not be to say like it, it truly is. And, and this is coming from someone who just appreciates the martial arts. And yes, I've like trained a very little bit, never seriously and never for like a long period of time. But I love it as like a spectator of the sport of it, but also just as the the philosophy of it and how it embodies, you know, mm -hmm. you know our mental state and our and our well being, and also the physical expression of the of the body as well. So I, I I'm always fascinated by the martial arts and how many 
interesting people are martial artists, even those who you wouldn't necessarily yeah. consider it. You think of like, to someone who may not know, you think of a martial artist as this, you know, big, bad, you know, mean looking guy who's like going to beat everyone up. And it's like, that is almost never the case. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Tip, I'm I, sure for you as well, like most of the martial artists that you know and grew up with training with and against is like, they're all very nice people. Oh, yeah. Martial arts has a way of kind of, you know, evening out the harsh edges of, of a personality. You know what I mean? It's just instantly humbling. And I've met a lot of my favorite people through martial arts and they're all very different, different, different people. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you throw us all in a room together. It's like we would never hang out together in any other context. Right. But it's like, <laughs> no, this this is family. This is great. You know, we all have this one thing. We've all been through this thing together. And um, because martial arts inevitably, if you, if you get deep into it, it inevitably starts just informing everything about your life. And so, you know, we'll be talking about whatever and relating that back to fighting somehow. <laughs> like, that's just what we do. Yeah. And yeah, no, it's been great. Community-wise, it's, it's been amazing. Do you think that there is there is um, a similarity between, but like, the heat and the cold of, of othership or just, you know, anywhere, heat and cold therapy, where we're, we're pushing into those extremes and those uncomfortable parts of ourselves. It seems very similar to me to martial arts, where we're pushing into uncomfortable situations where you're fighting someone, of course, in a you know relatively controlled environment, but you're fighting yeah. someone. That's like not something that we do every day. And that is an ex one extreme of life. And it helps bring us back and like center us a little bit. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. There's that whole thing of, I guess, testing yourself, you know, finding your comfort in uncomfortable situations. Um, like before my Untangled class, I give kind of an intro speech about relaxation. And that's one of the things I talk about, like this routine, this class is very much about active relaxation, not just sort of passively unwinding and just sort of letting the jazz music relax you, but like actually digging deep yourself and trying to untangle things actively and trying mm -hmm. to find that relaxation. And that, that part of me definitely comes from martial arts because you know, when you're sparring for the first time or when you're getting into these competitions, it's very much, I need to calm down, <laughs> right? You, your adrenaline gets kind of crazy and your training goes out the window. If you can't find that state of relaxation, that calm, that sort of accepting that this is happening, I'm getting punched in the face, this is happening. Um, you can't, you know, you, you can't deal with the situation. And the first time I got out of the ice bath, it, it did feel like that. It did feel like after my first real hard sparring session, because I remember freaking out the entire time during the sparring session and during the ice bath. And then you get out and you're just kind of like, I did that. That feels great. I feel amazing. <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> right. Because the whole time your mind's screaming at you, your body's screaming at you. And once it's over, you're just like, no, actually I, I did it. Like I was in control the whole time. You know, I was able to do it. I was able to stay in. And once that finish line comes, it's it's an amazing sense of accomplishment. Mm. That yeah. that calmness through the chaos is something that is very interesting to me, and and been very interesting to me over the past couple of years with all things related to the to the pandemic. And yeah. I'll tell one quick one quick martial arts story of, of my own before we get into it. I remember the one of the very first times I was rolling, I, I did jujitsu. And in the class, you know, here I am, young, egotistical guy. And I had like learned about it before and read about it. And like, you know, you're not supposed to use your muscle and it's not about ego and you're supposed to get crushed, blah, blah, blah. I get it. You know, you know that in your, in your head, but you don't really know it like in your heart. And so here I am in the class and there was one woman in the class. She was a purple belt, which is pretty, pretty good in jujitsu. And, uh, you know, we, we get paired up together and in my head, egotistical, young, stronger guy, I'm like, I'm stronger than everybody in the class. I need to take it easy because I don't want to hurt her. I'm pretty sure that she's better at jujitsu than me, but I don't want to like freak out and like hurt her. And she was just like kicking my ass like so badly, <laughs> like every 30 seconds I was tapping out. And then I got to the point where I was like, Oh my God, like I need to like go hard. I need to like, like this can't happen. And the harder I pushed and the harder I tried. And this is like, you know, day two. So I know literally nothing. The harder I tried, the more I freaked out, the worse it got until <laughs> I was able to like, she was winning faster and like winning harder. And like, it was crazy. And she was very nice about it, but it, it just got worse until I was able to like, okay, I, this is not, this is not the way I need to like, just surrender to this and like mm -hmm. learn how to actually flow through this and like deal with the problems at hand. Cause freaking out is not, is not the way to do it. And I think yeah. that this physical representation of it in the context of our whole life, you know, a lot of people don't go, haven't been through a lot of adversity in their life. And then mm. pandemic slaps us right in the face. And it's like, well, this wave of adversity, but we had no tools to deal with it. We've never been in 
in an ice bath and not that an ice bath is a way to deal with all the problems of your life, but it's a small little microcosm of I've dealt with some hard stuff and I can get through this and I'll be okay. And we have some like resiliency built up to sort of, to, to deal with it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, when that pandemic came, I think like one of the things that I noticed right away, because like, you know, I had this whole mental health ride before the pandemic, right? Like my mental health is something that's always been a struggle in my life, depression, anxiety, that sort of stuff. And um, because I had spent so much time trying to address that, especially in the years leading up to the pandemic, when the pandemic finally hit, it was kind of like, oh, I know what to do here. <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? I know how to center myself. I know how to calm myself down. And it was an interesting situation to just see that kind of flip now in my friend group. Because normally I'm the one who's like, people, my friends are checking out on me, right? Like, how are you doing, man? You good? And uh, now you know, those roles were kind of reversed. And now I had friends coming to me for advice. Like, I think I'm losing it. How do how do I cope? Or I'm having a lot of anxiety at, at work or whatever. And, you know, can we talk? That sort of stuff. And that was just an interesting thing to to see people go through uh, when 2020 hit, all of a sudden, everyone could relate to these topics. Everyone had a mental health battle now. You know, we, we, we were all going through it at the same time. And um, yeah, the hot and the cold, discovering that before the pandemic, like I'm so grateful that I got into a cold bath before 2020. You know, I just, I wouldn't have known that was an option. I didn't, wouldn't have known that might've helped, you know? Um, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> How did you, find the cold bath like what was the what's the story behind like the first time you went in how, how did that all come to be i was uh so right across the street from my other ship is a meditation studio called home um i was meditating there making some friends there and just people there recommended um i mean, harry and amanda kind of mentioned that before other ship they had a tile a, a pilot test site yep. sort yep. of a, a garage site um so one of the instructors at home was like i think you would love this place go check it out and that's how i ended up there visited the garage and you know it, it, it's, it sounds very big and cheesy to say, but it changed my life. It literally did. Like now I work there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't yeah. think that that's cheesy at all. That, that garage was also my, my first ice bath ever. And I right had on. done like ice baths in the context of like athleticism where it's like, okay, this is just for recovery for your legs, but it's like legs only. And like, yeah, it's cold, but like, it's not the same as like going chest in and like staying in there. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it was, it, that was also one of those, like, yeah, I had been meditating before and I had some like tools for breath work and stuff and you know in the back of my mind and how to get through it and so i think i did not that it's a competition but like i did better than some of the some of the other people that i was with at the time because they had none of that right so they get in freaking out right away and i and i also freaked out right away but i like i remembered okay if i can remember one thing it's like this breathing and like just you know go through that and but yeah it is it is a life-changing experience and i don't think that's a that's a small thing to say and i don't think that it's an incorrect thing to say either mm-hmm I think like that's one of the amazing things that I get to see when dealing with clients is because like this stuff is awesome because like people come in from different angles, right? Mm. Some people are coming for athletic recovery. Some people are coming for spiritual reasons. Some people are just, they want to experience something new and crazy. And, you know, they all get into the tank for different reasons, but no matter what, they all kind of leave with that look on their face. Like, oh man, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> something that I actually dug deep into me or something that's now a meaningful experience for me. And I love seeing that on first timers' faces because I remember that myself. Same thing. I went into the tank kind of as a social activity. You know, it was, yeah, something cool to try. I'd heard yeah. people talk about it on podcasts and that sort of stuff. It was just on a bucket list to do. And I went in, you know, in my personal life at that time, there was a lot of things going on. So I went into the ice tank with a lot of feelings. You know, that, that was a rough day for me. Um, that's not why I got in the tank, but that is what I brought into the tank. And when I got out, I was just kind of like, man, none of that stuff is bothering me right now. You know, so I, I didn't go in with the intention to clear my mind or to find some sort of peace. So it, it wasn't this thing that I was seeking for, but it happened either way, no matter what, without me even striving for that. And that's when I knew, okay, this, there's something here. You know, this isn't just some woo-woo thing or it's not a placebo because again, I wasn't going in for that. I didn't even know that was going to happen. And it, it just, it, I was awestruck after I was like, how did all of that just kind of melt away? And it lasted, you know, I woke up the next day and I'm like, I'm still not upset about those things. I was so upset about yesterday. <laughs> like it was, it was amazing. You know? That's one of the most interesting things to me about the ice and, and even the heat, but I think the mm -hmm. cold to, to a greater extent where it forces you into that, you know, right. probably many people listening have like tried to meditate before and meditation is a skill like any other you can go sit there for three hours if you don't 
you know, if you've never done it before, like nothing's going to come and your mind's just going to continue to race and race and race. But something about the, the cold and the extreme cold, it like, it forces you to go there, whether you, whether you want it to or not. And that, that kind of forced presence, I believe is a very good thing. And it, and it helps you to find that later. I've, I found that since I've been into the cold, my ability to get back to that place or somewhere similar without that stimulus of the cold is much better. Do you find the same? No. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm, you know, meditation has been a part of my life as well as part of that mental health journey and as part of my martial arts journey. Um, but it was something I sort of did just to do it. You know, I figured martial artists meditate, you know, that's what they do in movies. That's what all my cool heroes do. Right? I see Bruce Lee meditate. I'm going to meditate too. But I never really connected with that practice because I don't think I was, uh, I, I didn't know what I was supposed to get out of it. And it was mm-hmm. very goalless. But once I stopped meditating, once that was removed from my lifestyle, then I really started to notice um, what it was doing for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when I got into the tank and got out of the tank for that first time, yeah, I recognized those feelings. I'm like, yes, this is it. This is what meditation was bringing to my life. And I love it again, because yeah, we can talk spirituality or we can talk hard science. Like for everyone listening, go, go listen to that Harry and Amanda episode. They break down the science amazingly. Right. But yeah, you can talk about the experience of going through something difficult and just feeling into your body, feeling that sense of accomplishment, being nowhere, but here in the moment, or you can talk about the actual release of norepinephrine in your system, right? Which is responsible for attention, vigilance. It is bringing you into the present, literally, right? Because your body doesn't want you thinking about your taxes or your crazy ex, right? It wants you to face this challenge right in front of you that might end your life. If you were to be in that tank for too long, it's a dangerous situation, right? Mm. So your body gets flooded with these these hormones and it's um, both on a physiological level and just on a life experience level. Like I don't even need to use the word spirituality, but like both those things are happening at the same time. And no matter what lens you want to use to look at it, it's happening either way, you know? And that that's the one thing I really love about these modalities and about othership as well. Um, your entry point can be whatever you want it to be, um, but it's happening. Either way, it's happening. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's a that's a really good way to put it because, like you said, there will be people who will hear oh ice bath and meditation and sauna and mm-hmm. this and that and be like, well, that's like a little too woo woo for me. Like that's you know that's that's too much for me. Yeah, and like and that's okay. But if you if you want to think of it as like everybody in Toronto is going to this place, it's amazing. You have a lot of fun. Look at all the verified people on Instagram who are taking pictures and sharing on their story. Like I want to be one of those people. If you want to do it for the most superficial reason that you can possibly think of you're still going to get the benefits from it. And that's, and that's one of the most incredible parts of that therapy. And I think othership specifically as well. Mm-hmm. I love, yeah, you're, you're right. Even if you're going there for the most superficial reason, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's happening either way. Yeah, the, cold is gonna be, for, the cold is going to be cold no matter what your intention is. It's, it's zero degrees, no matter, no matter what you think about going in there. That's it. Yeah. Either way, it's 20 minutes in the sauna, two minutes in the ice bath. Doesn't end. I, from my perspective, just as a job perspective too, like as, as a guide, someone who's leading classes there, it, it's almost kind of freeing. Not to say that like I don't matter, but I'm like, you know, even if you hated my class, Daniel, you did 20 minutes in the sauna, you did two minutes in the ice, you're still going home smiling. You might go home with critiques about my class, <laughs> but right. that transformation happened to you either way, you right. know? And it, it's just, it's, it's great. It's so much different from journalism where like my journalism career, no matter what I did, um, the feedback is always negative. Right. Because the story needs to be better or you miss this or you, there's deadlines involved. There's sponsors involved. It's never perfect. Right. Uh, but with this, it's like, you know, even on my off days, someone's still coming up to me after and they're like, thank you so much for that. And I'm like, it wasn't me. It was the heat, but you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know? yeah. yeah. But I, I would say, though, that people like yourself and all the and all the guides there, like you make it better if you can buy into everything that you're saying and like really mm-hmm. listen to the words that you're saying then it's going to make the experience even better. But to your point, like if I just had earplugs and like didn't listen to anything you said, but I just sat there and then went into the ice when you said go into the ice and went into the mm. sauna when you said go into the sauna, it would still be awesome. But it's better, you know, going yeah. going through the journey and, <laughs> and the hero's journey through your class to, to be more specific. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah it, it's a wonderful bonus about taking classes there. I know this sounds like I'm doing a sales pitch right now, but like just speaking as me, because I attend these classes myself as well. And, you know, all of these facilitators are coming from such amazing and different backgrounds. You know, we have yoga instructors, we have fitness people, meditation people, self-care type of beauty experts. And they're all bringing these different elements into the sauna with them, you know, in building these classes. And you get so much extra out of this, 
again, you don't need that extra. If that's not what you're into, uh, but it's there for you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I've been three or four times now. And I think unless like for whatever reason, the timing doesn't work out, like I'll always do a God class because it's just, yeah. it's just better. It's just better. Sure. I'm going to get the benefits. And, you know, maybe if I go with like a whole group of friends, it might be fun to just, you know, do our own thing and to, more of the social aspect of it. But aside from that, like, I think it's always going to be better to, to do a guided class because why, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> you get so much more, you get, you get all the same stuff, but just a little extra of, from, from that journey, from that, from someone who is a little bit better at it than you are or than I am. Mm. So mm. of course it's going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. How did you come to start, to start working at Othership then? Like how did that from, you know, trying it out in the, in the garage to, to actually becoming a guide there? Yeah. So, I mean, in my personal life, um, I reached a point with journalism where, um, and again, this is part of my mental health journey. Like I was, I was just burning out. Like I had to face the fact that I couldn't do this anymore, which was really hard on me. Cause I was so, I identify as a writer. Like this was a part of me. I'd worked for this for so long and I had to admit to myself, like, I can't physically do this anymore. <laughs> you know, like I couldn't get up out of bed sometimes it was just, I was just burnt. And so I needed to figure something else out. And, um, you know, this is long story short, but eventually I decided that, you know, I wanted to move into the wellness world. It was just something I was getting more and more into in my personal life, whether it's physical fitness, I was back into martial arts, I was getting into meditation, all of these things that I was doing to help me with my own mental health, um, started becoming, you know, a, a real passion for me. And I wanted to move into that, that world somehow. Um, I eventually ended up becoming sort of a meditation guide and around the same time, you know, on the WhatsApp group for the garage, they, they posted a message and they're like, we're opening up a physical space and we're looking to hire some people. And just right away, like I, same day, busted out a camera, recorded a much too long video. I think it was like 10 to 15 minutes long. Every time I tell the story, it gets longer and longer, but <laughs> I just basically broke down my whole life story to them. And I was like, I feel, cause they were like, if you feel a call, please apply. And I was like, I definitely feel a call. Like the moment I saw your message come up, like I felt the call, like, this is where, this is where I want to work, you know, at least for now, like, I'm like, this is, this is where my journey is heading. And, you know, thankfully that worked and <laughs> here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that also part of your own healing and self-care is giving back and teaching and guiding others through it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know if you notice this yourself as, you know, a trainer, it's, it, it just brings your own practice to the next level, right? Because now you're thinking about it, not just like what feels good for me. Um, what works? How can I explain this? And you start thinking about why things work. Right. And, um, and you know, you just get so immersed in it that it becomes your world now. So it's, you know, self-care isn't just this thing I do now when I start feeling sad or when I start feeling anxious, it's something I'm thinking about all the time now. Um, and it's different from journalism and that it can't burn me out because the things I'm thinking about are anti-burnout types of things, you know what I mean? Right. So it, it's a much different type of, uh, being obsessed with your job, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah, teaching is always the is always the best way, and, and certainly you're, you nailed it. The training is the same way. Like sometimes, you know, a, a client will ask me a question about a, an exercise or about you know some fitness or nutrition thing, and it's like, wow, I like never thought of it that way. And it becomes because, it, and it maybe is a weird question, and it's maybe not like the most correctly worded question or the right way to think about something, but that doesn't matter because it's coming from their lens. And so if they think about it in the context of their life in that way, and I'm struggling to think of like an example right now, but it's like, it will be something as silly as like, well, what do I do with my toes when I'm bench pressing? And it's like, wow, I don't know. Never thought about that. Why, like, why are you thinking about that? Like, help me understand like why you care about what's going on there. And like, let's break that down and like figure out why it matters and what you should be doing with your toes when you bench press yeah. kind of thing. And yeah. so as strange as that might sound, it's like, that that's someone's real thought. And I'm sure the same for you. Someone gets out of the, out of the cold tub and they ask a question like way out of left field. And it's like, Whoa, where did that even come from? But like, that's real to you. So it's real. And, and it makes you learn and grow so much more. And then you can use that to help others who, who, cause someone, if one person had that thought, like we're all very different and all very unique, but we're not like, we're not that different. We're, <laughs> we'll, we'll right. have a lot of similar experiences and similar stuff going on. And so, you know, you can use that to, to help others more. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. I think once you start talking to your clients, you kind of realize, yeah, how, again, how everyone's situation is kind of similar, but also, yeah, all the differences as well. And that, that opens you up to um, making adjustments here and there. But yeah, you just realize that my experience in the cold is not necessarily your experience in the cold, mm -hmm. right? I love baking myself in the sauna. Like I love getting to that point of discomfort where I'm flopping around and I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> like that's, that's what I'm looking for. But I know for other people now that I've 
now that I have clients, now that I've spoken to so many clients, for some people, that's like a very serious situation. Like I've had people ask me before, like I've, I thought I was going to die. Was I going to die? Right. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's never actually crossed my mind myself when I'm in there, because I know, I know I'm, I'm far from the dehydration point, even when I'm doing this, right. Like, right. Yeah. like I know how far off that is. I know my own body and I've done this so many times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I know the science behind it, but I'm like, oh, were you in class thinking like that this might be like the end for you or something? <laughs> and you, you know, you get into these things where, yeah, you just realize people's ways of um, experiencing, whether it's a workout, a sauna, or even just a martial arts lesson, they're all bringing different lenses. Like I, I remember a knife fighting lesson once and a friend of mine was having anxiety because he'd been in a knife fight before. And so all of these memories were coming back to him. And to me, I was like, hey, dude, like it's fake. This is a plastic knife. I'm not the guy who attacked you. I'm just Jeff, I'm half your size, like <laughs> calm down. But it was only later in life when I started learning what trauma is and just learning how much of our previous life experiences we all carry around with us. When I started realizing, oh yeah, we're all using different lenses in every situation, right? Because everything's reminding us of something else in life or, you know, it's attaching this to this fear about what some person might think of you or whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it opens you up more to sort of hold space for people, not so much dictate to them, this should be your experience. Mm. This should be what you feel when you're in there. No, uh, there, I, I don't say anything like that. You know, now it's just kind of like whatever you bring into the room is what you bring into the room and that's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Holding we'll that space is really, is really an important part of it. It's like, yeah, to explain the sensations. Okay. You might, you might feel this on your skin. You might feel this, right? right. Those physical sensations are going to be pretty consistent across the board, but mm -hmm. what you're feeling like in your, in your head and in your heart, like those are going to be all over the map and and that's okay and that's exactly as it should be and like we should be encouraged to to feel those things like even even in the context of working out which is way less extreme mm. if you're you know you're only you're only quote unquote lifting like a 10 pound dumbbell and that feels like a 10 out of 10 effort for you like that's real like that's okay if yes. that getting out of breath is like brings you back to some memory when you were a kid and you were running and you had an asthma attack and you were like then you were on the floor and like all these people were around you and an ambulance and a doctor and it's, you know, you're freaking out and that, you know, 10 pound dumbbell row is like bringing you back to that. Like, that's okay. But like, let's, you know, let's acknowledge it and, and work through it rather than just be like, ah, suck it up and keep going. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a part of it too. Like, yes, it's supposed to be hard and it's not supposed to tickle. And that's something that I say all the time, but like, you know, we got it. We got to improve these things as well because the, the weights, mm. the ice, that's not the thing. That's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to be the best in the world at sitting in the cold tub. <laughs> that's not yeah. the, the exercise. The cold totally. is just a, a catalyst for so much more. And, and same as the heat and same as exercise. Those were always like the trainers I struggled with the most, at least for me personally, like uh, the trainers who would be like, you know, I, I got to see hundred percent. You, you got to give me 110%, that sort of thing. And just constantly sort of browbeating like more, more, more. And, and I didn't know how to stand up for myself at the time, but like my thought pattern was always like, you don't know what my hundred percent looks like. Like I bring a hundred percent here all the time. And because I was dealing with depression, I'm like, Hey man, like a hundred percent to me is just showing up today. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It looks like I'm, I'm dragging ass. I am dragging ass, but that's a hundred percent for me. Right. Like yeah. that's what I got right now. And I, I think, yeah, once you're able to reach that point as, as the trainer or as a guide or as an instructor, um, it, it changes the way you interact with students. And I, I I would hope that you get better results that way. I think it's also it's also a skill to be able to push to whatever your 100% is because mm -hmm. a lot of us in the context of exercise we don't know how to get to like true failure of a of a rep, right? You know, there's this right. this whole like and I'm going to rant a little bit here so sorry Jeff, but like there's this yeah. whole thing on TikTok now but like working out and like you must train to failure. Most people are like 19 steps away from from even coming anywhere close to that. We don't know how to move properly first, never mind like making the muscle fail and pushing to that limit. Same as pushing to your absolute limit in the sauna. Most people, it might feel like 100%, but their body could have tolerated 50% more, right? But they just didn't know that because they haven't been there yet. They haven't developed that skill, that physical and mental skill to actually continue to push the boundary. And David Goggins characters, while I, while I like those kind of people who are like, you know, go hard, be the hardest, like do the most, like, yeah, that's good. But like, slowly like you don't just you don't just go from sitting on the couch and never doing anything hard in your life to like you know being the most hardcore girl or guy in the world that's not it's not how it works but these tools help us to like unlock that and slowly 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 you can push more in the sauna i'm sure with some of the repeat clients that you see 
they start to get they start to get better and and they can push themselves farther and and that's a good feeling too because it feels like progression in that right no absolutely you know we, we set that loose goal of like two minutes in the ice and for some people that comes i wouldn't say easily but yeah they hit it on their first try you know and then there's other people who they get in and right away they get out and it takes a couple of attempts or a couple of visits before they can reach even a minute or two minutes, you know? And all of those are victories to me, right? It's not like, oh, this person's better than you at the cold. Yeah. Right? It's like, no, you, you've all pushed your ceiling, all of you, right? And, and that's something I try and like instill in people. It's like, your ceiling is your ceiling. I'm, I'm here to, to help you find out where that ceiling is, to help you find that comfort and dis discomfort. Um, but where your stealing is, is not, you shouldn't be comparing it to other people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're looking to push ourselves, but I shouldn't be trying to keep pace with David Goggins. That's a guy who's been running for years now, right? It's not yeah. like I'm going to run beside him as he's running beside a car. You know, yeah. Yeah. my version of David Goggins is I actually went for a run today, you know, because, you know, it, we're living different lifestyles. He has a much different career than me. He's an actual, you know, he was in the military and all that yes. sort of stuff. His ceiling is different than mine. And it's just kind of realizing like, yeah, you should push yourself. Absolutely. Um, but don't be hard on yourself for not being like someone else. Right. And, and realizing what it is that you're trying to do, like you just mentioned, and we mentioned before, the goal is not to be the best at being in the cold bath. That is not, yeah. that is not the thing. It is not a competition against yourself. It's not even a competition against other people. It's nothing. Yeah. It's just a tool to unlock some stuff that's inside of you, like, you know, emotionally inside of you. And the cold, the cold puts mm -hmm. you there and forces you to be there, which is amazing. But, yeah. you know, unless you're trying to, you know, be Wim Hof and climb Mount Everest wearing shorts and no shoes, yeah, there's, no, right. <laughs> there's no, there's no need to be like the best at tolerating cold. It doesn't, that there's no further benefit. In fact, that's when things get dangerous, right? Mm hmm and that's one of the best lessons I got from martial arts, right? It's a very cliche thing where it's like, oh, your greatest opponent is yourself. You kind of hear those things all the time. Dudes are shadow boxing and just staring at themselves <laughs> in, the, in, in the mirror, right? But if, if you're able to actually take that lesson and internalize it, and it takes a while because you you are sparring with other people, you are getting tapped out by another person. Uh, but once you start looking at it as, yeah, this is just me versus me. How much can I improve today? How much can I improve over time? Um, your entire practice just opens up and that's what I feel like that's when you really start making gains. Cause the more you compare yourself to other people, the more you're, you're going to shut down. You're mm -hmm. like, man, I fucked up today. I don't want to go to class tomorrow. Or maybe this isn't for me. I'm just, I'm just not good at jujitsu. And I'm like, well, maybe you're not, maybe you're not black belt level jujitsu. Maybe you're never going to be a champion, but like, do you enjoy it? Yeah. It's, why would you stop doing it? <laughs> like you're going to get better every day. You yeah. might not reach that top of the podium, but is that what you got into this for? Or did you get into this because you love jujitsu and story? You know, it's, it's, the, right, yeah. it's, it's again, like the, the surface level stuff that like attracts us. Oh, I want to get, I want to hit two minutes in the ice bath. Why? Yeah. Why yeah. do you want to hit two minutes? Right. And so, but it, but you're right. It takes some experience to understand like what it is about that, that we, that we enjoy and, and going on this, on this journey. And I think this is a good kind of segue into, you know, your class and, and the main reason or one of the main reasons like, oh, I've, I, we need to do a podcast episode together is just talking about the hero's journey. So, mm -hmm. so do me a favor and outline very briefly, like what the hero's journey is. And, and then we'll talk about like how that class came to be. And then I think we'll kind of go through, you know, several of the stages of, of the hero's journey. Yeah. Hero's journey is kind of a, a literary concept. It's based on like the, the teachings of Joseph Campbell, sort of the character archetypes that he's outlined. Um, it's um, my, I encountered it through a literary um, context. Um, you go to English cast and you kind of learn the idea of a monomyth, which is the idea of sort of one story structure that unites fables, myths, modern day blockbuster movies. And you, you see this journey that characters go on that's repeated over and over again, right? From their humble beginnings to sort of accepting the call to heroism, to learning new skills, finding a mentor, their first big challenge, all that sort of stuff, right? You've seen the story. It's Batman, it's Spider-Man, it's The Hunger Games, right? It's Every story. Odd. Yeah, yeah, you know, give or take. <laughs> yeah. Right? And uh, because it's it's sort of this universal sort of thing that resonates with us across cultures, across time periods, um, like you see sometimes therapists or life coaches, they'll use the hero's journey to sort of get a client to step into their own role as as the hero of their own life. And that was kind of the basis of the class was like, can I get people in the sauna and take them on that hero's journey and get them to kind of feel 
that story for themselves, see that story in their life story, you know, see themselves as the main character. And um, yeah, that, that was the initial impetus behind everything. And how did you embody the hero's journey for, for yourself? Like how did, what was your experience with it? And was it something that you used to, to kind of help yourself? And it's something that will, you know, continue to repeat the cycle of the hero's journey as the cycle of our <laughs> life continues. It's never over until right. it's over, but, but how, how did you use it in, in your own life? In my own, I mean, this goes back to me having random interests <laughs> and, and I just, throughout my life, there's been so many periods where I've gone through this thing where it's like, I got to start over whether it's a new career, a new phase in life or new relationships. And, you know, just this constant thing of like, here I am back at ground zero. And, you know, I've always been a fan of comic books. I've always been a fan of pop culture, just reading in general, you know, as a writer, just stories have been a part of my life forever. And so the hero's journey has always meant something to me on that level. And the further I got in life, the more I started to realize like, yeah, this is a thing that we all kind of go through this sort of rebirth, um, training, learning new things. And yeah, starting again, because uh, life, I think you remember in the routine, that's the point that I try and drive home is that life has a way of making you start over again. You always end up back where you started from. But the thing that kept me going in my personal life is noticing that like, yeah, I'm back at ground zero, I'm back at ground one, but I'm not the same person I was before, hmm. which means now I know certain things, like I, I, to use a video game analogy, like now I know when to wait before I jump. Now I know what tools to use at the end of this level when I'm facing this big boss, right? Now I know where the secret items are. So yeah, I'm back at the start of a career again, or I'm going back to school or whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm single again, all this sort of stuff. And it's like, but it's not, it's not that sort of depressing sort of repeat, like, oh no, not again. It's no, I got it. I got it this time because I've been here before. And I, I feel like that's the power of the hero's journey. It's like, yes, these things keep happening. The cycle continues. There's always another wave. There's always another obstacle or villain, however you want to put it. But you get stronger. You know, there's always this thing of like life gets better or things get easier, hang in there, which from a mental health perspective, I do love that. It's very gentle and it's very caring. But over time, that's more for me. It's not so much that things get easier. It's that you get stronger, hmm. you know, and that, that's what I really want us to drive home with the hero's journey. By the end of it, you're you're a stronger version of yourself. Right. I think think thinking about it in a cyclical manner like that, if you if you can imagine, you know, the steps of the hero's journey, it's not it's not a straight line and then just like the finish line, okay, the movie credits came up and you know, my life is done and I just chill in paradise for forever. The, <laughs> the last step of the hero's journey is is return home, not not return to per- paradise forever. And so right. then then it can it can begin again. And I think this this almost ties back into what we were speaking about with the resiliency it's like you've been through the journey you've been through the cycle once and now you have some tools to get through it again and again exactly and again and each time you will you will continue to to get better and learn more and, and grow more and uh but but that's the most that's the most beautiful part of it is that is that it doesn't end and you can you can stretch out the story as long or as short as you like and and continue mm-hmm. to find new quote unquote enemies and new lessons and new mentors in different contexts. And it's, it's a, it's a great thing to think about your life. You know, it can get a little bit romantic to think about your life this way, but sometimes that's, sometimes that's a good thing too. A little more excitement in our life. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing to look at your life romantically like that. I I don't think you should be doing it to the point where you're delusional or you're lying Mm -hmm. to yourself about something. Um, But I find narrative is a great way to help you through life. One of the things I had to realize about myself, and this is through therapy, <laughs> um, like my therapist would tell me all the time, like, Jeff, you're very good at storytelling. That's your strength. I want you to pursue it. It's something that I want you to cultivate. But you also have to realize that because you're good at storytelling, you're good at telling yourself stories. Hmm. Right. And so that could be bad in the sense where, you know, you might be convinced that perhaps people have ulterior motives or, you, you know, you, you just you get into these things where like, oh, this definitely happened because this, 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 this. That's bad because a lot of times that is just a story you told yourself. Um, but once I was able to get a grasp on that, I started to realize I need to stop doing that. But it doesn't mean I need to stop telling myself stories. It means I can start telling myself stories purposefully. And that's when the hero's journey came back into my life because uh, this is cheesy. <laughs> I'm wondering whether or not to say this on the air. Like when I was young and when I first started doing martial arts, like I would picture myself as a Ninja Turtle or I'm like, one day I'm going to join the (laughs) X-Men. And that's a ridiculous thing to think as an adult. But when I look back, I'm like, that's when I made the most gains in my fitness 
ride is when I had that element of fantasy. And so when I started trying to get back into shape as an adult or trying to get a handle on my mental health, I started doing that again. Not that I actively think I'm going to be an X-Men one day. I know that's a fantasy, but I like, I go to the gym and put on my Batman shirt. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm going in there to do Batman shit today. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. And you know, that's sort of, I don't, I think I'm going off the rails here, but that's sort of telling yourself a story or using some sort of narrative, using the element of fantasy, I think is pretty powerful. You know, and so, yeah, it's silly to kind of look at your life as you're the hero. This is your journey. You're the chosen one. That's that is cheesy. You're not the chosen one. You know, anyone who comes to my class, <laughs> just so you know, I lied to you. You're not special, <laughs> but you are special at the same time. One yeah. of the criticisms of the hero's journey, like from the literary side, is that, you know, it creates that sort of culture of like, oh, there, there's no such thing as the chosen one. Why is this person who was born to a king or whatever? And it's one day going to save the kingdom or whatever. Like, that's that's bunk. Like that's, you know, that's how you end up with people who are egomaniacs or whatever. But if you take another step further back from that, it's not saying that, oh, Daniel is the hero. He's the one we've been waiting for. It's no, we're all the ones that we've been waiting for. You are the one you've been waiting for. The hero's journey applies to you. It's not necessarily like a worldview of like, oh no, there's one person who's going to save us all from the evils of capitalism or whatever. No, right. it's just, you are the hero of your life. What are right. you going to do now? What's the next choice you're going to make knowing that? You know? it's, it's like thinking about it if you watch the Spider-Man movie. Like that's the Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man is the hero of that movie and of that story. But mm. there could also be a movie of Mary Jane. And Mary Jane is the hero of Mary Jane's movie. And the Green Goblin is the hero of the Green Goblin's movie. And like, but we're just, you know, we can't have like 15 billion movies. That wouldn't, wouldn't make any sense. And so we think about it as like, oh, there's one hero and everyone else is supporting character. So if I start to think of myself as the hero, then I'm going to treat everyone else like, you know, supporting character scum. And like, that's not, that's not the right. point of it at all. Everyone is the hero of their own thing and everyone's on doing their own like on their own path i don't think that your your ninja turtle analogy is, is like cheesy at all like it's it's childish because of, of course you were a child at the time but it gives it gives it context and it makes it real to you right and so it's like when we go to the gym sometimes you know when you're, when you're going into like a really heavy lift like you got to go to a bit of a, a bit of a different place like i can't be thinking about sunshine and rainbows when i'm trying to do my like maximum deadlift because that's not that's mm. not what's going to get me there you know maybe you got to think about lifting a car up off of someone or like you know yeah. whatever like create a story in your head because that's what's going to get you there right but yeah. it doesn't mean that i actually think i'm going to do that one day i hope i would never ever have to do something like that extreme or i hope mm -hmm. that would never have to be in the ninja turtles and like fight bad guys <laughs> and jump off of buildings like that sounds seems cool in the movies but it doesn't sound all that cool to have to do that in in real life but if it helps you to get to, to get your purpose to to make your story make sense and make your training and stuff make sense like i, I think mm -hmm. that that's great and it's kind of like visualization to to an extent yes. right if you can think about it in, yes. especially in the context of martial arts if you're shadow boxing you can think about oh, i'm punching the bad guys and you're not punching anyone but like if that makes you your punch crisper then great right it's like you don't want to practice sloppy technique something mm -hmm. that was you know for me in in soccer when you know i practice and stuff if we're you know whatever the end of the drill is you shoot on net and score but there's no goalie in the net because the goalies are doing their other training the coaches would always tell us like right pretend like there's a goalie in net. Don't just lazily tap the ball into the net because when it comes game time, that's what you're going to do because that's your habit. Pretend like there's yeah. a goalie in the net and shoot to score for real. And and then when the time comes, that'll be your second nature. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're right. Especially with the car lifting one, like that is, I don't always think about this, but there are some times where, yeah, like I'm shadow boxing and I'm, I'm picturing someone attacking my parents or something like that. Right. Maybe that's a dark example, but it's, yeah, that, those are the moments when I know I will fight for real. And so sometimes I need to tap into that to, to keep myself into the workout, you know? So sometimes it is a, a very fantastical, super heroic thing. And other times it's it's something very close to real life, right? But yeah, the, the power of the imagination, I think we take it for granted uh, nowadays because we're so invested in, in being real and just being cool and straight up. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. there's, a, there's a big stoicism kick going on, which I think is great. I'm a big fan of stoicism, but I think it takes some of the magic out of life as well. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Sh shocker that anything taken to the extreme is probably not that good, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's go through some of the steps of the hero's journey. Now, I know that there's like several iterations of it, and you mm -hmm. know, some people say there's like 12 steps and like 27 and like whatever, but like what are the main parts of it? So the first part would be, the ordinary world, right? Does that usually? 
Yeah. Yeah. So normally you'll see like a circle and it's like, no matter which version we're talking about, usually there's that circle and then the circle sort of split the top half being the ordinary world, bottom half being the unknown world. And so your hero usually starts at that normal starting point in their life, whether they're a normal person working on a farm or whatever, this is Wherever the you same are. world. That, yeah. The, the same world you've known for, you know, since you were a child. And eventually as the hero moves out of that, for whatever reason, um, they start being tested, right? Things, things get darker. Right. Um, things are unknown. You come up against some challenges and yeah, depending on which version you're looking at, um, there's usually a point where the hero has to accept the call, you know, uh, am I actually going to venture into the unknown world or am I going to go back? And I, that's another life lesson for me, because I think there are fair times where you're not ready for the journey. Mm. You know, uh, that's, I think that's, that's part of the journey, literally, yeah. Yeah. right? You're going to, in the version the that I've always known, like, you know, step two is the call to adventure and step yeah. three yeah, yeah. is the refusal of the call. Exactly. Which, which sounds like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But if you think about, mm. if you kind of, you know, think about a time in your life and take this, take yourself through it, it's like you do kind of resist it. It's like, mm, I'm yeah. not sure I really want to do that. I kind of sort of do, but like now I know a little bit more about it. Mm, not for me. Right. And that's, and that's mm -hmm. an important, an important piece of it. You see it in so many ways. Like I, I got it. It's imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. When I switched my career over from journalism and I was like, maybe I'll be a meditation coach. It took a long time. I still struggle with it sometimes to be like, oh, am I the guy at the front of the room? Am I the mm -hmm. one who's leading this? Like, no, I'm not worthy. I'm, I don't have the right experience. I don't blah, 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 blah. Um, but yeah, you, dealing with that is part of the hero's journey. So whether you refuse the call or accept it, that's just how it goes. You know, and then from there you find your mentor or mentors, plural. Um, you learn some lessons, you gain some weapons, some tools, and you find your there's a succession of battles, right? Different obstacles that you face. And through each one, you learn different things, you learn different things about yourself until you finally uh, accept that transformation. There's there's a moment where you're like, the transformation is real. I accept it, let's go through it. And that's when you start swinging back around. Um, to eventually what brings you full, full circle, as you said, coming back home. Um, right. But when you come back home at the end, you're forever transformed. That that part, that transition part, I've, I've always known it as like the approach to the innermost cave. And I'm sure there's different like mm -hmm. you know, people call it different things, but that's that's how I've known it. And that's always been the most interesting part to me where it's like, OK, you've learned some stuff and like you have the tools and like you have all the things. But now it's like you have to. Uh, my understanding of it is that you accept that you can do it and you accept that you've right. changed and that you're a new person and that you can like, you know, you have all the tools and the skills and the experience and the knowledge and the whatever you need to now go do the thing. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's, this is like, in my head, it's like, this is the montage of the movie where it's like, you know, Rocky's been training and he has that, he has that moment where it's like, I can do it. I, I can mm -hmm. do this. So he has that, like you break down, like, I can't do it. I can't, I, I this is hard, whatever. And then, all of a sudden you go to that, that innermost cave and you can do it. And then, and then you go do the thing, whatever, whatever yeah. that thing is, conquer that thing. And you know, it's not usually beating up, uh, beating someone up, but <laughs> yeah. hopefully not. It's our favorite whatever, metaphor whatever for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's, yeah, it's always easy to think about it in movies, right? And combat movies are, are great for that. So. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. Those are my favorite heroes journeys. Yeah. But yeah, that, that moment where you kind of like accept it is, is a great turning point because it's where you, you kind of stop looking at yourself as the underdog, right? I'm not that that humble beginning farm boy anymore. I am the hero. I do have these weapons. I do know how to wield them. And yes, I'm going to save the world. <laughs> you know, um, there's that moment where you flip that, where you're not so much, you're not the, you're not on the come up anymore. You accept that you you've got all the things that you need. You know, and part of that when you when you come back around the homecoming part, you know. Um, that in itself takes some bravery because it always looks like it's the, you know, a conclusion, a falling action, right? This is the end, a settling down. But it's like, no, that itself is also, I think, another moment of, of bravery because to bring this new version of yourself back home to the people who know you a certain way and in a different context, that is also um, this thing of revealing yourself. And that takes guts sometimes to be able to be like, no, I'm different now. You know, can I still live in the same world? Can I still be with the same people? Like, how, how do we act now? We've all gone through something. We are different people now. And I find like, at least in my life, that that takes some, a little bit of gumption as well. Because the, one of the things that I fall back on a lot is, you know, when I 
find myself amongst people who I haven't seen in five years, 10 years or whatever, you almost kind of go back to who you were before. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when I go to family, family reunions, all of a sudden I'm back in that, that mindset of being the shy, weird kid who wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, I I'm back into the corner again. And it takes me a while to be like, wait, you're not that guy anymore. Stop, stop doing that just because these people are here. Right. And so, you know, I, like you said, there's, there's always another challenge. Things go around, um, but it never ends. There's always something new to face, even when what you're facing is just going back home. Yeah. I, I would imagine also, there's probably a lot of us who are dealing with that to some extent now where, you know, there's a lot of people that we haven't seen in a while. And, you know, we've all grown up over the past two years. It's still two years and a lot of different things have happened for different people. And so, we're all a little bit different, no matter what stage of life you're at, if whether you were like, you know, 15, and now you're out of high school, all of a sudden, or like, now you're married, or now you're, you know, you've changed jobs or changed careers or something totally different, whatever, whatever it is, whatever stage of life you're at. And now you go, you go, you meet someone again. And it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not that guy. I'm not that girl anymore. <laughs> and you have to, you have to remember, like, remind yourself that like, oh, no, yeah. I'm a different person. And I like this new person. And this is what I wanted. And this is okay. And mm-hmm. they can either accept me or not. But I still have to be, I still have to be me and, and just be who I am. And, and that's not, it's, it's really not an easy thing. It's, it's, it's something that I probably haven't really thought about that much until you brought it up in, in this conversation. But it's, it's certainly something that I think I, I struggle with now over the past couple of years since I started doing all of this as well. And I meet some people who I, again, haven't seen, or maybe they follow me, but, but I haven't uh, actually spoken to you in right since since i started this so it's like this weird thing where like you're keeping up with me but i'm not keeping up with you and, and not mm. and it's not like it's not that i'm not keeping up with you but it's like you're, you don't post stuff and you know just showing what's going on with your life and so it's like oh now i'm a different person i'm not that same not the same person not that i'm totally different and like oh i'm some you know now all of a sudden i'm iron man like no not that's not the case <laughs> but like you know, yeah. a little bit different a little bit different things and i'm just like more of me now and so it's but it's it's an interesting thing and not and not something that's easy to do but something that we have to recognize and, and get through it yeah I, I think it's an important thing to sort of remember who you are and where you came from, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, yeah, we I also think we need to get better at allowing ourselves to transform and allowing the people around us to transform. You know, we, we hold ourselves back so much by being like, oh, this is who I am. I'm always going to be this way or I'm just keeping it real. This is just what I do or I've loved this thing my entire life. I'm going to love it forever. Um, that's just not always true. And I think we get in our, our own way a lot by by constantly putting ourselves back in a box that maybe someone else had put us back in way back when, you know, we, we play these identity games with ourselves and I'm like, Hey, if you've changed, you've changed. That's, <laughs> that's not bad. You know? And yeah. if the people around you, someone you care about has moved on to something else or has become a different person, same thing. Like uh, I, even myself, I have to learn to like, let people go sometimes. Right. It's like, no, yeah. You, you, like, we have this thing of like, oh, you're, you're not the person I remember you <laughs> the way you were before, you know, oh, you, you've changed. And it's like, yeah, no, they've changed. Of yeah. course they have. We should all, we should all change. When it, I get this compliment from, especially my career switch, where people will tell me that I'm brave for doing it, right? Like, oh, you left journalism? Like, good on you, man. That's so brave. And it took, I, I talked to people about their careers and I run into so many people who feel like they're stuck doing the thing that they decided to do when they were 19 Hmm. or even younger, right? Like you set on this path when you were 16, now you're 25, 30, and they feel like they need to do it forever until they retire, until they die. And I'm like, why? That version of you is gone. Why are you letting the 19 year old version of you run your life? (laughs) That was that person's goals. If they're not your goals anymore, let them go, let them go. You know, I I realize that's, that's yeah. Easier said than done. But I think that's definitely something that we all do to ourselves is we just yeah. hold ourselves to whatever we decided to do when we were 12. <laughs> it's no, it's, it's, it's so deep and so much to like to process there. And I would encourage everyone to like hit the rewind button there and listen back to that and like hit pause and do some thinking on that one, because that's, that's big for a lot of us. Like I know tons of people and I'm sure you do as well, Jeff, that like, they just don't love their job or what they do or where they live or, you know, something about their life. And it's like, you, you can change that. You don't, just because it's mm-hmm. the way it is right now or the way that it's always been, it doesn't mean that that's how it always has to be. And it doesn't yeah. mean that there's anything wrong with it. And maybe what's on the other side is not necessarily better. But, you know, the way that I can like to think of it is what's going to be better, dealing with this that you don't like forever or taking a chance. Both of them are going to be hard. 
Mm-hmm. One of them has the opportunity to be something that you love. And the other one is continue on which you don't like the way that things are going. So yeah. when you break it down that logically, it makes it an obvious decision which one should be done. But again, much easier <laughs> said than done. Sure. And, you know, there's, there's economic factors like can you afford to go back to school? Do you have kids to feed? All that sort of stuff. But I, I love what you said there about how even if you make the choice to switch things up, sometimes it's not for the better. And that's a thing, too, that I think I forget to say. Like now that I tell my story and I'm like, oh, I left my career and I did this, this, this. And I'm like, there's a good three, four, five year period where like nothing was working out. I mm-hmm. left my career and I just trying to bide my time in the service industry, trying to figure out what to do next. And that biding my time period stretched on for years. Yep. And I kind of stagnated for a long time in my personal development and how I felt about myself, financially speaking. And for the longest time, it was like, oh, I made the wrong call. What did I do? I fucked up big time. <laughs> like, what did I do? What did I do? Um, but yeah, over time, I'm, you know, I'm so glad I did that. Absolutely. You know, it did pay off and it was hard and it was a journey, again, to use that word. Um, but I, I would have chosen it again, absolutely, looking back. You know, yeah, I needed to do that. Rarely, I think, for anyone who's made as big of a change as, as you did, or, or even smaller, like it doesn't just, you know, you quit your job on Monday and on Tuesday, you're like wildly successful in some totally different area mm-hmm. of, of business or life or whatever. Like it's not, it's not that. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. I think I used that term earlier, but it's like it's not all not all perfect doesn't work out that way but Mm -mm. given enough time and enough effort and a little bit of luck and like and all these things yeah it might it might work out and if it doesn't then like you always have the option to go back and do that that's the thing yeah sometimes (laughs) you know better better the devil you know than the devil you don't and you can always go back like yeah if you wake up tomorrow and you hate wellness which seems unlikely you can go back to being a journalist full-time if you if you choose i sounds like that probably wouldn't be the thing that you would choose, but <laughs> it's it, the option is there for you. It's never it's never going away. There's never going to like if you're in, in plumbing and you hate plumbing and you want to go do be a lawyer. Like uh, we still mm-hmm. need plumbers. Like there's going to be a job for you in plumbing if you take five years, hate law and want to do plumbing again. That's still okay. Like you can still you can certainly still do that. And sure, it's hard. Of course, everything is hard. But we get yeah. to we get to choose our heart, and I think that's that's one of the beautiful parts of it. Yeah. And again, you know, it's not going backwards. Like I know that that's going to feel like going backwards, but when you go back to your old thing or whatever, you're going in as a different person. You've learned new things. You've tried different things. You have a different worldview. Uh, Maybe you will enjoy your job in a way you haven't before because maybe now you don't take it for granted like you did before. There could be a number of different things that open up for you because you've tried something and because it didn't work out. That in itself is not just net negative. You know, they're, they're positives that come from failing as well. Right. Right. I don't even, like that word anymore, but yeah. Yeah. Even if you, even if you don't go back, like you might think, oh, I was in school for this many years or I was in this profession for this many years. Like what a waste of time, quote unquote, I yeah. could have been doing what I'm doing now from the beginning. And it's like, well, sure. But you didn't know that at the time. And mm-hmm. it's not like you totally wasted time doing whatever you were doing before. You still learned a whole lot. Like maybe you made some money, like whatever it is. You didn't get zero out of it. That is yeah. extremely, even if you lost all your money and like had some bad experiences and like, okay, you still learned something from that. And and mm-hmm. if you can just, you know, again, easier said than done, but if you can take the positives from that and carry that forward into your life, there is no, there is no wasted time. There is, there is just time that no. has passed and things that have been done and you take yeah. what you take, what you can and, and move on forward because you can't change what already happened as, as, as much as we would love to sometimes you, you can't. So you just got to take what you take, what you can and, and move forward. Yeah. I, I don't even think career paths work that way anymore. Anyways, mm-hmm. like I, I always think, yeah, you've got to put in your time and just keep slowly moving forward till you're climbing the ladder or whatever. And, you know, I talk to my dad about this all the time. He's like, yeah, that worked during my age. He's like, you know, you stuck with the job, you kept your head down, you listened to your boss and yeah, you made your way up to the company and him now, when he talks to us or, you know, other younger people, he's like, I can tell this doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. So the idea of like dedicating yourself to this thing forever, just grinding away, I'm like, how does that pay off for most people anyways? Like companies shut down left and right nowadays. It's, this is a different world, right? Um, than it was back then. Just things aren't as stable. This sounds like doom and gloom. I'm trying to find a positive point here. You know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. Well, like, no, it, it makes us have multiple interests. I think that's that's right. a good way to do it. It's like we, we can't be too singularly minded and this is the only thing I want to do. And if I can't do this at this company, at this exact location and live in this condo in this place, then I, I don't want to do it. That's not mm-hmm. 
that's not the way to go about things because things change so quickly. And especially mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, now everything has changed, flipped on its head. And it gave us a chance to reset and really reevaluate like, hey, is what I'm doing what I want to be doing? And maybe I can do something better or or I can do the same thing, but different in a, in a way that's better for me or yeah. you know whatever whatever the case is going along with that. So I, I think that you know, having that time to evaluate and understand that things are not as linear. You don't just get a job when you're 18 and then work there for 60 years and then retire. And then, okay, you know, I've got all this money in the bank and I'm good and everything's all, all great. It's mm-hmm. not the not the way it is. And it doesn't make things better or worse. It's just different. And, and different is okay sometimes. Yeah, that's a real hard thing to accept and to embody. But yeah, different is okay. <laughs> yeah. A bit of chaos is you're going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. You will. I think I think yeah. that's a that's a good lesson to kind of you know start to sum this up that a bit of chaos is okay. <laughs> there are very few things that are gonna that are gonna wipe you out. You know, you might feel like you're gonna die in that sauna, but but you're not. And understanding that mm-hmm. you can go through some of that chaos, some of that hardship, and come out on the other side not only okay, but better and stronger. Yes. That's a pretty that's a pretty powerful thing to 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 deeply understand. And you can hear us saying that to anyone listening, but you don't know that until you you feel it and embody it yourself. They're just words going in your ears, and you might mm-hmm. say, "Oh yeah, yeah, Daniel and Jeff said this thing and blah blah." Okay, but you gotta you gotta know it for yourself, and so the only way to know Got it, it is to is to go through it. Everybody like is so much stronger and resilient than we give ourselves credit for. You know, like my Instagram handle, you follow me is even the strong, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is like even the strong will struggle, even the strong need to ask for help even the strong will cry. You know, it's a mental health account, but like the point being that like, just because you're struggling, because you need to ask for help, because, you know, you feel like you might be at your wits end. It doesn't mean you're being weak at that moment. You're strong already. You're Mm -hmm. walking into this as a strong person. And these are your trials and tribulations as a strong person. Don't let them take your strength away. The fact that you are dealing with this and the fact that you're fighting against this, the fact that you're going through this, that shows your strength. Right. And there's, there's that part in the hero's journey too, where I'm asking people to recall their darkest night or whatever. And spoiler alert here, like the whole conclusion of that is like, yeah, that thing that you thought was going to break you did not break you. You're still here. Or even if you're still dealing with it in the outside world, like you're still here, you're stronger than you give yourself credit for, you know, especially coming out of these past two years, like everyone in my life, I look at as a pillar of strength now, because I know even if they don't talk about it, they went through stuff. And here they are, you know, anyways, yeah. if, it didn't, if it didn't, if it didn't break you, you're still here. If there's a yeah. Jock, Jocko Willink always says, you know, like pain sometimes is a good thing. Cause it means you're, you're still breathing. You're still here. You're still, you're still going through it. So that, that yeah. in itself is strength and to recognize that is difficult. But if you can recognize that, then you can get through, you know, whatever it is you're going through and, and come out mm-hmm. better on the other side of it. There's people who feel bad cause they don't reach two minutes in the tank. And I'm like, yeah, but you got in, didn't you? That's it. You're so strong. <laughs> You're so strong. You got right up to that tank and you jumped right in. Do you know how strong like you are? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Don't time yourself like that. <laughs> You'll be back. Yeah. It's you know? it's hard not to compare ourselves, but you know. It is. It's it's yeah. uh it's an important thing to understand like how good we're all doing. I mean, yes, we can all do better and like yes, we we should strive to continue to be better and get through whatever we're getting through and and reach mm-hmm. for more and you know all that stuff. Yes, like never never yeah. stop trying to be better than you are. But also understand like you're doing great. Whatever it is, yeah. you're yeah. doing great. We're, we're building more strength from our previous strength, right? We're getting stronger. It's not that you're weak and now you got to get rid of your weakness. Now you're coming into the strong and now it's time to get even stronger because there's bigger waves coming or whatever, however you want to put it. But I don't like hearing people identifying themselves as, yeah, I was weak. And then I worked on like, you were never weak. Don't lie to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Things got yeah. tough and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but sure, it's, it's, sure. That, it's that like negative self-talk, right? It's like even even they're not trying to mean it in a negative, but when we use negative words towards ourselves, like we we, we think about them different. We think about ourselves differently because words, mm-hmm. uh, of course, as a journalist, like words are powerful. They 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 yeah. mean a lot to us, even on a subconscious level. So when we say weak, it's like you don't really mean that in a negative way in yourself, but that's still a negative word. And so when you say that, it's not it's not getting the same reaction that it should. You can use a you can use a different term instead of saying that you're weak. So yeah. more, more more positive self talk to to get us through the tough times. And that's it. That's what the hero's journey is all about. It's a, it's a very fun sort of silly theatrical ride almost. Um, but at the end of the day, it is a mindset class. You know, it yeah. is about just yeah. You know, learning how to talk to yourself, learning how to step into that role, and being comfortable putting that cape on. It's your cape. Put it on. 
Yeah. And, and you did an amazing job of, of facilitating that class. So I just want to you know thank you again for everybody and for everyone listening. If you're from Toronto or GTA and you haven't yet gone to Othership, like definitely go and definitely look for Jeff's class. What are the what are the dates and times that you that you do your class? Is it is it the same always or, or is it, does it does it fluctuate? More or less, yeah. It'll I'll cover people's classes here and there. You know what I mean? So stay tuned on the schedule to see me. But like I'm definitely always there in terms of classes. I'm there Tuesdays eight thirty. PM. Uh, that's the hero's journey and Sundays at 7 PM. That's untangled my, uh, my down class. That one's more of a guided meditation. Okay. Awesome. I'll, I'll put the, the links for other ship and, and, and your stuff in the show notes as well. Even the strong on Instagram. Um, so make sure you follow Jeff as well. Jeff, is there anything else that you got coming up that you want to kind of let the people know about or not just stay tuned. There's a couple of things that I'm working on, but yeah, not ready to be talked about yet, but definitely stay tuned. I guess. And, um, come find me at other ship. I mean, that's, that's the main thing I'm there. Come, come, come check us out. Yeah, let's do it. That's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to, to pay attention and see what's coming up because I think it's going to be, it's going to be incredible and, and know the next step of the hero's journey. So I'm excited for you. Dude, thank you so much for having me here. This was a blast. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you. Thank you to everyone for listening. I appreciate each of you as well. Definitely check out other ship. Please follow Jeff on Instagram as well at even the strong give this podcast a share, a like, a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, all the places, help it grow, help the message get out to other people. Um, follow me as well on Instagram at Daniel Yoris, all that stuff. Share this to people who need it. And uh, that's all. Be a good person. Take your shoes off. Go outside. Eat some real food. Work out. And be nice to people. Take it easy.